In this episode, we're going to talk about how you can be a better player at your table. This is STA Engage. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. RPG Jeff Harvey. The last episode, we talked with STA writer Aaron Paulier. It's actually Paul E. A. Yes. I kept pronouncing it wrong every time last episode. Anyway, uh, we talked to him about techno babbling your way through uh, Star Trek and the tech of Trek. If you missed that episode, check it out. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and, and share if you've missed, this, uh, missed that episode. Uh, subscribe so you don't miss any more. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk to you about how you can be a better player at your table. And if you... Uh, if you, we're going to give a warning right now that if, if this will not be a hand-holding episode, not every player belongs at every table, and sometimes you are the problem. It's okay, it happens, and you can get better. Speaking Enable. of better, Enable. what's that? Enabler. Yeah, I don't know. Speaking of better, let me introduce my co-host from ContinuingMissionSTA.com, the ineffable, and we were going to change it and didn't, Michael Dismuke. We were going to go for inconceivable, I In think. And I just want every game master to know who's watching this right now that you're going to you're gonna have an opportunity to hear me vent. And so, you know, grab a drink, your favorite refreshment, because I am going to talk about these nightmare players. But make them watch this because they're going to come out so much better. Right, Jeff? Yep, this is the bag on players episode. So <laughs> uh, the goal of this show was to help fans of Star Trek and of role-playing better engage with the Star Trek franchise and Star Trek Adventures role-playing game. This show is brought to you by the letter P, the number 22, and the support of people like you. So if you enjoy what we're doing here, please share this episode with just one other person. That's all we ask. Or consider supporting the show on Patreon. Uh, help keep the show going for the rest of season one, which we've got a number of episodes left to do. Uh, and show your support so that we can make season two a reality. If you like what we're doing and you want to have more of it, best way to help us out is to help us out. Uh, you will get access to the show archive, uh, not just this show, but old shows that I did, uh, other podcasts, including The Quest, which is role-playing in general, a lot like this show, but role-playing in general. Uh, you'll get uncut episodes of my streaming show, the Star Trek Europa game. Uh, you'll get behind-the-scenes stuff for that game and for this show, uh, as well as uh, automatic entries into giveaways that we're going to be doing, which we'll talk about in a future episode. Uh, you also get invites to live Q&As, your name and the credits of not only STA Engage, but also Europa and any other projects that we're doing that Studio Tembo is doing, uh, which will include uh, an upcoming documentary that I'll talk more about in the future. That's um, right. And if you get all that stuff and you don't understand it, that just means you're not deep enough. That's right. Get deeper. Um, and we'll be adding more stuff all the time. But let's get down to business first. Michael, uh, you've been a GM for a couple of RPGs now. Uh, you... How would you sum up a good player in a single word or maybe like a sentence? Um, like if you could do that, what would it be? What would you say? The key word that sticks out in my mind is empathetic, meaning that you got three to seven people sitting around the table. And even though you think you're the star of the show, you're actually a co-star of the show and being empathetic to what's going on around you with the game master and other players. That's what, that's what I think about. Yep. For me, I'd have to say that the one word, or really it's more of a couple of words, but to, that makes them a good player, uh, is probably being proactive. Uh, more accurately, though, it's proactively collaborative. And I'll get more into what that means as we go through. Uh, but first, we're going to get some general tips that every player, including GMs, uh, even good players, will need to keep in mind to become better players or even great players. It's important. Um, first, and I cannot stress this even 
close enough. The first and most important thing is to be respectful. You must be respectful of everyone else at the table. The other players put a lot of work into their characters and they want to have just as much fun as you do. The GM also put a ton of work into the session, the game, the world, the setting, the story, everything. Almost every other point we're going to talk about is meaningless if you break the first rule. Do unto others, uh, be the change you want to see in the world, man in the mirror, whatever cliche gets you by, the TLDR is really this. Don't be that guy. That goes, yeah, exactly. That guy is, is and that goes into being empathetic, right? It does. And, you know, that's, that's, your, that's your key word. So let's, what do you mean when you say empathetic? Like, what's the breakdown of that for me? Okay, GMs, prepare to enjoy what I'm about to say because this is going to be the thing you can never say to that player who I'm about to define. This jerk, while two of your players are having this amazing scene and they're getting into and it's a dramatic scene, this jerk thinks that every line they say has to be followed by his little peanut gallery joke. He thinks he's the star of the show. He's there to entertain everyone. And he thinks people are actually enjoying him being there. But if he had an ounce of empathy, he would know they don't. The thing is, they're afraid to hurt this guy's feeling and tell him to shut up because he's going to be the one to slam the laptop down and walk out the game. Whew! Now you GMs can sit there and be like, God, I wish that player would watch this. Send this to them. Send them yeah. this link, okay? So it's, uh, it's all about being more empathetic and not ruining other people's scenes. Let them be the star. It would right. be like if Jean-Luc is in the ready room with Riker and LaForge comes in, hey guys, what's up? Don't be that guy. Be empathetic, right? Yep. And that's a good rule for life in general. Just don't be that guy. Uh, and, and then again, being empathetic is if, if you do make someone feel uncomfortable, we have to be a little bit more um, conscientious nowadays of the variety of players we're playing with. And if you do make someone feel uncomfortable, own it, apologize, and if needed, discuss it. There used to be a day where maybe this was a bunch of teenagers playing a game in a room and you could be crass and vulgar, but we're all growing up and we know there's sensitivities. And so you wanna be super empathetic with your players and, and uh, do that. And finally, don't break the mood. So if you're in a dramatic scene, let it be a dramatic scene, don't grandstand. Yeah, I have a lot of players or I've had in the past some players who don't understand how to read the emotion room and they feel uncomfortable by the level of sharing that is happening. So they try to break the tension and uh, yeah. Yeah. These are oftentimes also the people who, who you know, graduated kindergarten and felt like that was the greatest achievement in their life. They probably were raised by people like that. So they tend to have a hard time seeing that they don't need the spotlight on them at all times. Yeah. See, GMs, I'm getting real good. Poke. poke. It, it happens in modern film, too. I'm looking at you, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, with every scene ending in a terrible joke that breaks the mood and tension of the scene. Ah. Um, all right. The next thing you can do is show, don't tell. And actually, before we do that, I want to say one thing. I want to ask a question. How do you deal with a player who is not being empathetic or who is causing trouble at the table? This is a question we get a lot on Discord and on Facebook and stuff. Sure. Pretty when anyone who knows me in life and associate with, with Michael Dismuke knows that I only operate in truly transparent relationships. So really, I do a good weeding out process for my players early on to make sure that they understand these basic rules of empathy. I don't just invite people blindly to my game. I've actually established relationships with them before. I have also had players who go south during the game after years of playing, and I found creative ways to write them out. And the reason why is because they're ruining it for everyone and don't have the empathy to realize it. Yep. Uh, and like, like we said at the top of the show, not everyone belongs in every game. Uh, take some time to set your player aside if they're not 
being what you need them to be in your game. Talk to them honestly and openly. Get the group involved if you have to. Uh, but if it doesn't change and they're not going to be what the game needs them to be, they've got to go. Well, and let me add to that too. Remember, some people use being offended or being overly sensitive as their defensive mechanism not to have serious conversations. And if someone's like that, you're always stepping on eggshells around them. That's their defense mechanism. I don't need those in my personal life and I don't need those in my game. Yep. All right. So let's go on to show, don't tell. And this is an important one. You may write a 20 page backstory, but if you don't show the other players what your backstory is and what's made your character who they are, then it doesn't mean anything. It's about as meaningful as the middle school slam poetry, which is bad stuff. I've read mine recently. Um, we've said it before, and I'm sure we'll say it again. Your character needs to have motivations, personality, hopes, dreams, flaws, they need to be a rounded character. But if you never show any of that on camera, quote unquote camera, then it doesn't matter. Kristen Stewart gets a lot of screen time, but man, she's got to be hard to play with, right? She, she's hard to work with because you never see any emotion on her face or yeah, anything. Yeah. <laughs> I have to agree with you. Some of the best, some one, one of my players I'm, I'm honored to have is Troy Mepians, who's a writer for STA. And he writes these personal scenes that aren't even in game, but it tells me so much that I find ways to wrap it into game. Um, so I, I love it that they, he shows his weaknesses, character's weaknesses and his strengths in that way. Yeah. And I've said it before in previous session, previous episodes where um, you should almost always do everything at the table, right? Players should be able to see everything that's going on. Every player should be able to see what every other character is doing. Uh, we in my Europa game have been doing uh, behind the scenes role playing in the discord group which that stuff's going to be available on Patreon whenever it gets up there. But the idea there is that these are scenes that not everyone is in and they don't necessarily, they're very personal scenes to the characters usually, but every player can read it. So they understand they're seeing the evolution of that character and you're showing no, I, people and not telling them or you're I've telling actually, them and not telling them. Yeah. After we, you told me that I actually changed my game and I've been playing like that where they, everyone sees every scene and I have to say it's enhanced it. So thank yeah. you for that. Um, Okay. What about taking agency? That's the next one on the list, right? Sure. So, so we have a theme of taking agency of your character, not other people's. What does this look like? Okay. So do you all have those players who's like, you know what you should do with your character or someone's in the middle of a scene? Oh, you know what I would? Okay. I'm not saying you have to do this, but what I would do is, and they feel that they have, have to metagame. Oh, we call it metagaming, right? Over everything. You know what? This is, again, I'm just doing this to placate the GMs because it's stuff you can't say out loud. Shut up, players. Shut up and let that person make their mistakes. Let them have their successes. Don't think that you have to micromanage the game. Amazingly, that person was able to get to the location or turn on the Zoom in order to play RPG. They probably have got along in life pretty good without you metagaming their life. I think they'll be okay in a game. That's what it is, right? Yeah. So that's my thing. It's, it's great for you to make choices that affect your character on your turn, but no matter what another player chooses to do, it is not wrong. Don't call them stupid, don't demean them. Even if it isn't the most advantageous move or mechanically effective, let them learn how to play their game. Anything you wanna add on that? Uh, just an example, I've got some friends, uh, one of my longtime player friends uh, who's in most of my games uh, has a tendency to, in D&D, micromanage other players. Uh, it becomes very tactical to him. And I love the player to death. Uh, you got to stop doing that. You got to stop doing that. Other players don't, they don't enjoy when you're playing the game for them. 
Right. What you need to do if you're that kind of player, what you need to go do is find a game master who wants you to play all seven characters and, and they'll run you through the game with you playing all seven characters. That would be my suggestion on that. Yeah. Play more board games. Exactly. Now, now another thing I got to say for Star Trek Adventures, this applies to Star Trek Adventures. And so listen to me, if you're out there as a player and you're a captain or you're the, or the first officer, give orders. Sometimes I've seen these people be, dude, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? That's not your job as captain. And that's not how you would have got to that captaincy in Star Trek. So when the time is right, when you're under fire, it's not time for discussion. You're the one who's supposed to have all this command experience. Start shouting orders. Okay. When, yeah. when things aren't as action packed or anything like that, fine. Let, let people have their own behalf. But in Star Trek, take the reins of leadership. Yeah, but don't don't take it too far either. There is a point when there's a, a fine line you need to walk. If uh, don't again, don't command players and how they want to do it. Like tell them, you know, don't tell them to run one zone and stun the Romulan to the left. Try something like take cover and return fire. Um, there you go. Be yeah, open exactly. about it. Good, good, and I love that evasive maneuvers, but don't tell them where to evade to. Yes, exactly. Right. So give the overall, and then trust that as captain, you actually hired or picked the right people that you right. trust to make good decisions. Your yeah. Starfleet vessel has the best of the best of Starfleet in it, so you know that you can come out count on the people underneath you to do the jobs they're trained to do. You don't have to tell every pilot how to fly every ship. You don't have to tell everyone gunner how to fire their weapons. You're fine. In the exactly. same in the same vein, though. And to start dipping into the idea of proactive collaboration, players more than GMs should always be thinking in a yes plus or a yes and or yes but uh, mentality. I think everyone talks about GMs need to be yes plus, yes and. I don't agree with that. We'll talk about that in a different episode. Um, but players should always be thinking in yes plus. And I'll get more into what yes plus is also later. But um, roll with or R-O-L-E with any bad role you make failure is rarely the end of anything and conflict without risk of failure is boring i'm looking at you star wars the new series anyway um st don't stop other players from taking risks and or, or making big changes to their characters most tv shows end with everything being reset to the way it was as the quote-unquote opening normal right uh big bang theory and other shows like that and house nobody really ever grows uh, and you know that it's it's all going to work out by the end of the episode. It's, it's fine, it's entertaining, but it's almost never the great storylines that we that we talk about years later, or that we can't we're chomping at the bit to see every week. The best shows are only the ones where uh, you really don't know what's going to happen next. Game of Thrones, The Sopranos, to some extent, DS Nine, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. I need to watch no, season three. Oh, so excellent. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that show. If anybody wants to learn how to write. Oh my goodness, that show is so well done. Yes, I can absolutely agree. It's a great show to watch. Uh, and that's a free plug for you, Netflix. Uh, <laughs> sure, you have uh, a good idea of what's coming next because the cast is the cast is the cast. You know who's probably going to be there. But major changes could be lurking around every corner. The Walking Dead is a great example of that. Um, yeah, exactly. And so that's the point, you know, fully owning your character, getting into the story. Um, for example, Lord of the Rings, if if Bilbo turned Gal Gandalf down at the at the beginning of the movie or The Hobbit would not have been a good story. If Picard had just turned around when Q told them to go home, TNG would have been a pretty lame show. So so don't fight against your game master's desires to bring you into the story. They do a lot of stuff to craft this play along and go ahead and walk through that door. Don't ruin it by saying, no, we're not going to walk through the door. What you think he's going to insta write you another game. No, right. Play the game folks. 
One thing to think about is trust, right? There's a trust barrier that needs to be overcome both for players and for GMs. And the players need to trust the GM is doing the, the story that is going to make everyone happy. And the GM has to trust the players are going to partake in that story. And there's some, you can, you can write some pretty bad stories. Uh, there's some Call of Cthulhu stories out there that are just bad that, you know, the, the trust doesn't matter because they're just badly written. But for the most part, trust your story, trust your GM, trust your players. It's, uh, it's the only way to go. Um, the next thing you need to know, though, is to know the rules system. Uh, but don't be a dick about it. Don't be that guy about the rules. Um, this is an easy one. Uh, this is really just about not sitting at the table looking through your rule book while it's your turn, right? Know your spells before your before your the turn gets to you. Know what your talent does or your feet or whatever game you're playing. In this particular game, obviously, it's talents and you know how how are you going to use your values and stuff like that. Um, ask know that stuff before your GM asks for your role. Uh, on the other hand, though, uh, if a table ruling doesn't go your way, it's okay. Don't stop the game to complain about it. Sometimes there are rules that are just plain wrong in the book uh, or they get in the way of a really good narrative. And this all comes back to rule number one, be respectful of other players and other people's times. Don't waste it looking up rules in the book, right? Um, we're only on this planet for a certain amount of time and I want to spend it doing stuff. Not Yeah, let me, let me add to that too. You know, you have the person... We have some people, and again, this is for you GMs to sit and say, man, Michael's saying everything I ever thought. So you have that player who's trying to find the perfect solution. So they get totally absolved and sucked into their character sheet in the rule book. Okay, I got to make this rule happen successfully. Now, sorry, folks, this is probability mathematics. I don't care how well you plan. You could choose all your highest attributes and still roll a 20 in STA, right? Or, you know, to, for a major failure. It's not about that. You should actually be able to push your sheet away, push the books away and say, well, what my character would do is this. And then hope your attributes and disciplines line up. But right. please, players, do not get overly absorbed and attached to your paperwork. And part of that comes into too, don't don't talk. Well, you can you can talk out of, out of character, but some games, especially in STA, will devolve into, well, you have the best skill for this, so you take the lead on this. That's not right. If you're in the position to do the thing and that's what your character would do, do it and have the person that has the better skill assist you. That's fine. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. And to back this up, because some people need canon, if you look at Picard, he's done something in every one of the disciplines at some point. Command, con, flown a thing, science, medical. They've all, they all are well-trained, well-rounded people. So just because you're not the best at it doesn't mean you're not going to succeed. Remember, it's called probability mathematics with those dice. One cool thing is, is you actually will get better story if you put yourself in positions where you're not always being the best at something. Um, but be ready on your turn. Can't stress it enough. Be ready on your turn combat is already slow in most games including sta it's faster than most games but it's still slow don't take time to make the, don't make it worse don't make it worse for anybody think ahead one or two turns or three turns if you can uh, have a plan have a backup plan have a backup backup plan if you can uh it's it's not chess but think ahead Think about what's going on in the scene, what you want to happen in the scene, how you can get to where you want things to go in the scene. Pay attention to what everyone else is doing. Be ready to act, and you'll find that things will move faster. You'll look smarter, even if you're not, and you'll look—you'll be more engaged with the game, the story, the players, everything around you. Good. Let me let me tease some players for a second. So you know, here's the scenario to make your point. Okay, guys, you walk here and a, a snake drops out of a tree. And you say, okay, what do you, what do you, what do you do, Captain? And this is the, what the player does. Um, uh, 
Uh, what do I have on me? Well, of course, yeah, you have your face. Uh, um, uh, what's around me? A snake just dropped out of a tree on you, dude. It's like three inches from your face. Um, uh, let me look at my discipline. No, anybody knows you jump out of the way. So just go with that natural reaction. Don't give us 15 minutes of, of, of boring us with, can I pull out my phaser and put on the stun setting in case the snake is sentient? No, act naturally, be ready on your turn, keep the game moving. Also, keep your phaser on the stun setting most of the time, your Starfleet. <laughs> That's a good idea. And again, we touched on earlier, you know, if the snake ends up on your face, it's not the end of the game. Don't slam the laptop, embrace failure. We know it can be a bummer when you, when, You've been talking smack to the bad guy. You got him right where you want him. And then next thing you know, the dice uh, 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 let you down and you get punched in the face, you know? But again, if you could kick Kylo Ren's butt in the first movie, why do people even need to see the other two, right? So expect your uh, game master to use the dice to push the narrative. So if you're in the first 30 minutes of game, you guys take a big defeat. Do you really think that the game master has that as the end of the game? Do you really think that? I mean, do you really, really think now? Of course not. So think, be empathetic, and realize um, that sometimes there's going to be failure as part of the game mechanic. On the flip side of that, GMs, if it is the end of the game, and that, then you planned poorly and you need to think it through next time. <laughs> so learn from your mistakes too. That's true. I'm not kidding. I had a player when I was like 15 years old running a game. He died the very first roll. I didn't know what to do. It was a very good learning <laughs> lesson. All right. Um, suppose, for instance, you can't pick a lock and we're going back to failure, right? Even though that's your thing, you have that skill. Play around with it. Don't get mad. Oh, I should have been able to pick that lock. I picked the lock in the last episode. No, just try again. But even then, just play the odds, you know, play the character. You may be the best at picking locks. And if you can't pick it, maybe that just means it can't be picked and let the game master and yourselves discuss the narrative of why, all right? And this also calls back to taking agency of your character, being a yes plus player that Jeff was talking about and not poo-pooing -poo, poo -poo a character um, by stealing their life. For, in, life. for instance, if Quarks is the locks guy and he can't pick the lock, and he backs away, this is way too difficult, Umok, whatever. Well, then Julian and Jake don't know it was because of a bad role. They're just gonna say like, man, okay, we better find an alternative situation. This lock just can't be picked. So push the narrative along, people. Don't get fixated on failure. Right, this is also part of being a collaborative player. Finding, uh, finding another way is important. Make suggestions, uh, in-character suggestions, or just do something that might warrant the player getting another crack at the role. Because you shouldn't be able to just, I failed the role, I know I failed the role, I'm gonna roll again. Just, you can help the other player by motivating them. Julian could tell Quark, we need you. Buckle down, it's your time to shine. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and you corking another crack at the crack at the roll because the GM is being uh, aware of what's going on. Work with the other players and the GMs to create a narrative moment uh, out of the failure if you can. Anytime you can you can turn that narrative into something more than it is, uh, it's going to enhance your storytelling. Yeah, Jeff, you said before, fail forward whenever possible. And that's the point. Fail forward, learn from it. It adds to great experiences we talked about that before in other uh, in other episodes just because you failed a role doesn't mean you're done for instance indiana jones he he failed his jump over the pit right he hits the thing he's about to fall but catches the edge what did he do did he roll again no he grabs a vine pulls himself up oh 
the vine broke loose, another fail, right? He could have failed to his death there, but, but that does help the narrative. It creates tension and the game master's not out to kill you, I think. Usually. So, yeah, usually. You know, hard failures should be used when dramatically appro appropriate and the rest of the time, if possible, failing forward is going to be a better story. We laugh at it in my game. It makes for great storytelling. Yeah, and it's always going to be more fun because you're going to get that pulp feeling, right? You're going to get that idea that you're overcoming greater obstacles because you're failing your roles, but you're still going to succeed probably in the end. I'm mean, not always, uh, you know, but we're not running Call of Cthulhu here. This is Star Trek or you're most likely going to be okay. Um, yeah. Beyond that though, play the game, play the game that you're there to play. Some GMs don't mind table talk or phones or books or laptops or whatever, but personally, and this is, this is me. I find it kind of rude. Um, Amen. Testimony. <laughs> right. Um, again, uh, see the rule about being respectful that I, I talked about earlier. I put in a lot of work to run the games I run. For every hour uh, that my players get to have fun, I've probably put in at least three. Uh, that's, and, and I've been doing this for a long time. So some games, it's, uh, you know, it, it may be less. Uh, in a practice GM like me, I can sometimes do, I can do D&D &D off the top of my head. I don't even need to write anything, but there are some GMs, especially those who are still working on their improv skills or who build models or paint minis or use soundscapes or, you know, are just <clears throat> a little less experienced. Um, they may take six or more hours per hour of gameplay to create the, the story that you're going to involve yourself in. You playing Pokemon Go at the table or, you know, crushing candy between die rolls, uh, at least in my mind, it's completely, it's, it's disrespectful. Yeah, uh, smack talk about some of those players I've had. Yeah, before. go ahead. How about, how about this player? Okay. I'm going to give you some advice. You know, Oh, it's my girlfriend. Oh, oh, it's my partner. Oh. And they're picking, checking their phone and texting the entire time. If you can't get three hours to four hours of personal time a week to yourself for something you feel is important. If you haven't committed yet, get out, get out now, okay? Like we do all do things in life. I mean, we live in a society where people take their phones to their toilet. How embarrassing is that? You can't even take care of your natural functions without being connected to the world. But I, I'm gonna talk about those players. I'm the same way, no phones at the table. I'm training up my nephews right now. And I'm like, no, no multitasking over Zoom while you're doing this, you're either in it or out. Um, and because it does ruin it for everyone, um, if, if your partner's texting you the whole time because they don't realize you're just playing RPG and nothing else. Right. And I mean, we understand GMs understand if you've got family or kids that you, you know, that are the babysitters, whatever, and you need to have your phone available, it's fine. But it's, it's not the sort of thing that that's not, that's not what we're talking about, really. It's honestly, as long as you aren't missing all of the other points that we're talking about, and you're being empathetic, and you're being respectful, and all this other stuff, and you're right in your turn, and you embrace your failures, and the story is good, and everything else, it's probably okay for some players to be able to get away with that, or in, in the moment that you need to have your phone for emergencies, all right, we get it. It's not what we're talking about. I'll tell you this, though. If you're at my table, and you continually disrupt the flow of my game because you aren't paying attention, you're looking for a new table, because I'm not going to put yeah. up with it. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yep. And it's, it's important. Like I had another player who, who used to read his book all the time. And the thing is he would be able to, he'd read his book, which was usually the wheel of time. Uh, but he'd almost always be ready to go on his turn. He knew what was going on. He was actually legitimately multitasking. 
that is an exception to most of the rules. It, it really is an exception. Most people can't can't do that. And it really is just about courtesy. You know, if you go play football, you don't take your your phone onto the field and check text messages during the playing, even if you're not central to the play. That's what it's about. It's about respect. But you want the game master to feel like, hey, you know what? You guys are engaged and having fun. And, and you want to make sure the players are interested when you're talking and playing. They're interested in your character and vice versa. It's all about respect. Yeah. You're sitting on the bench at a hockey game and uh, the coach catches you on your phone. I'm pretty sure your, 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 uh, your phone is a new puck. So, But it's my girlfriend. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> all right. Being collaborative. What do you got for that one? All right. Well, you can avoid, again, uh, we, I was just talking about it, getting super distracted by being a collaborative part of the story uh, going on around you. Be attentive to the scene. It doesn't mean you have to talk through it again. You can maybe be taking notes about things you want to do on your next turn so that you can contribute more. Don't just passively consume the story. You are an actor. I always tell my players, when you're here, you're on stage at Phantom of the Opera. You have a role and you should just like a phantom of the opera you don't see the phantom checking his phone when the other people are talking when he's up in the rafters he's engaged even if he's off to the side that's what i want my players to be and then find your moment and get in there mix things up and get build on everything if you disagree with the conversation you overheard then corner the person in the corridor the star trek corridor, and say by the way i overheard you saying this to the captain no you're wrong you suck now you've created a new scene, but you didn't have to interrupt the interaction, which would never happen on a real naval vessel, right? Star Trek is still the Navy and there's certain modes of conduct, but taking notes so that you could add to scenes later is a great way to be collaborative. Right. And take notes anyways, take notes in general. You're going to be able to tell a better story for yourself and for your group. And you're going to make sure that your GM then feels like you care about the story when you take notes. Not everyone's a good note taker. So just take a couple notes. Like a, uh, there are a couple games that I've been playing where I have been a bad player. Frankly, I've been a not great player. I'm not as uh, I'm not as on time as I need to be. I'm not in uh, engaged as much as I need to be, and I'm aware of it. Um, and I don't take notes the way I need to. And the thing is, is when you can identify that you're being a bad player, you can correct being a bad player, or you can say, "Look, this game isn't for me right now. I've got too much going on. I need to step away." And yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I've been gaming for a really long time and sometimes I'm the bad player and it happens. Yeah, you know? and I want to add, you know, I, I had fun just for GMs right now to vent a little bit to hear about all my criticism of players. You could also have a bad GM. So we have that, we have an entirely different episode on how to be a great GM. So honestly, what I would encourage groups to do, GMs and players together, send the links out, watch the one about be, how to be a good GM, watch the one about this one about how to be a good player and land in the middle to the perfect game and having a lot of fun. Right. Walt Disney built an empire on the idea of plussing things, plussing everything. Uh, he had an idea for Mickey Mouse Park, but he plussed it and we wound up with Disneyland. Uh, he thought that was good, you know, sure, but why not plus that? And we get Disney World and Epcot. Uh, and you can look at examples of things that happened in his movies and in, uh, you know, the rides and stuff like that. But not everyone likes Disney, but it's still a good example. Being proactive, collaborative, a yes plus player means that you're invested in the game, the story, the characters around you. Um, you're engaged and you are thinking about what you can do uh, to use what's going on around you in the scenes to bring the story to life. You want to do everything you can to be as collaborative as possible, to be the next best thing to a GM for everyone at the table for you. But you're not the GM, you're a player. 
even if your character isn't in the scene, you're watching the scene, learning, adapting to the story, and you're you're seeing from other players around you, and it's going to make you a better player. Uh, you are being a part of their story by experiencing it with them. We are all storytellers when we sit down at the table. I can't say that. You're going to hear that more times. It's going to happen. Um, you need to think about the story and what you want to tell. How does that story evolve as things happen around you? Uh, build your own scene so that you can use that plus. Uh, so you can plus up that story and plus up your own character and plus up the storytelling experience of your audience, which let's be honest, your audience is all the players at the table, including yourself and the game master. Uh, it's, it's important to understand that you are just as important in the game as everybody else. No more, no less. And your storytelling needs to be something that they can all be proud of, that you can all be proud of. You're sharing an experience. You're sharing your limited time of your life with these people doing this thing. Don't waste their time. Don't be that guy. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, to wrap up my thoughts is going at, you know, I played RPGs for 30 years and the older I get, the more I see it's really helped me hone my writing skills, my creative skills, my ability to think differently and see other people's perspectives. So even though it's a game, most, I think most geeks who play these games wish for the day where we have an end credit on some geek show somewhere. This is the opportunity to refine the skill. So it's fun, but understand this is also actually practice with, with colleagues who share the same interests. And so if you come with it, to it less than this is a game to this is a workshop oh what a, what a great time and believe me you'll look back and won't regret these moments that's right uh and on that note unless you got anything else you want to add i think we're done good all right next time on sta engage we're going to talk about writer's block which is a thing that's been bothering me lately and michael's got some good advice on how to get past it yes sir uh, we're going to talk about how to do that and uh how to know sometimes maybe when it's time to put your story out to pasture because sometimes it happens so tune in next time for you got to know when to hold them or you got to know when to fold them. I love the gambler. Awesome. Uh, until next time, I'm your host as always, Dr. RPG Jeff Harvey. On behalf of myself, my co-host, Michael Dismuke, and everybody that works behind the scenes here, live long and prosper.